Welcome to The She Births Show, a place to inspire your birth, evolve your parenting and help you live a life you love. I'm Nadine Richardson, your host and creator of the scientifically verified birth education program, She Births. I'm also a mother, yoga teacher, doula, author and speaker. At She Births, we have supported thousands of families around the world for over 13 years with our unique program. And our vision is to make birth better for every family around the world so that everyone experiences a beautiful birth no matter what unfolds. Not only do we help people have beautiful births, but we also give them the skills and the philosophy to enjoy pregnancy and make parenting easier. As well as our world-class birth ed, taken either face-to-face or online in our app, we also have a free pregnancy guide designed to help you feel calm, connected and inspired as you and your baby grow. We have a doula matching service, the perfect way to ensure you and your partner are completely supported throughout the whole journey. And we have our soul mama circles, which are the perfect postpartum network to help optimize your mindset and design your life in parenthood. Remember, if you like what you hear today, subscribe, share with a friend and leave us a review. If you're a parent about to be one, fellow health professional, join us now for an inspirational deep dive into topics with experts around the globe. We hope you enjoy this special episode. Hi, and welcome to the She Births Show. Today I chat with Naomi Chrysolakis, a mum of two and postnatal doula who lives in the Illawarra region. She, like us at SheBirths, believes that every woman deserves a postpartum period that's restful, rejuvenating and respectful. If we look around the world across all ancient traditions, we see that women after birth are encouraged to rest, to eat well and to focus on bonding with their baby. In China, female relatives will cook up storms as women observe a golden month. In India, women are massaged daily and eat according to Ayurvedic traditions as part of the 40 days for 40 years health and immunity philosophy. In our chat today with Naomi, I talk about what postpartum care looks like in our culture and how broken we can all feel at times during this very vulnerable stage. We talk about some of the key factors that you can take away to help you prepare for a truly great postpartum. We discuss the discomforts of change at this time, our inner blocks, our inner resistances, and allowing our partners in, for example. Functional food, as well as the importance of birth processing. Just because you've given birth does not mean you instantly become a mother. Always key to a good postpartum in all traditions is social support, where the new mum feels cared for deeply. It's really about mothering the new mother and treating her as gently as we do the beautiful newborn. This is such a far cry away from the isolation, anxiety and pressure we feel in our modern world. During the recent floods surrounding my beautiful home in Maynam, which is safe and sound. 
Luckily, I also have felt very called, more than ever, to help and oversee the support that women receive during this family time, during this climate crisis time, as well as during the perinatal period. You know, when we look at the recent research reports on postnatal depression, it's really disturbing how many women are not okay. Even in times of national crisis, our families, our mothers are left feeling very alone and unsupported. So SheBirths is now working with Pregnancy, Birth and Beyond and the returning here on the Northern Rivers. Check out our collaborations to support families with continuity of care, with longevity of care for all family needs. I will be creating soul mama circles up here for families as well. And we've also decided to expand our doula service to include not birth only, but postpartum planning and care sessions. As this is a new service, we're offering just a handful of sessions each month with our beautiful in-house postpartum specialist. She's well-versed in she births, having done it twice, and in our guiding principles, and she also leads the matrescence program that I developed for our Soul Mama Circles. So if you're interested, make sure that you register to choose to be part of our postpartum planning and care sessions with our wonderful in-house SheBirth specialist. Our doulas will give you the care and the wisdom that you need to create a beautiful, thriving postpartum as you journey through matrescence. Planning for your postpartum, as well as birth, is one of the most meaningful ways you can take care of yourself and your family in this lifetime. Just join the waitlist and register your interest at shebirths.com forward slash pp. Shebirths.com forward slash pp. Without further ado, I hope you enjoy my conversation today with the beautiful Naomi. Naomi, welcome to the SheBirth Show. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to Thank be with you us. so much for having me, Nadine. It is such an honour to be on the podcast, which I love so much. Oh, vice versa. We love your podcast as well. <laughs> um, I understand you've been like packing boxes uh, of your amazing cocoon cookie mix. Yes, I have. It's been a pretty intense 24 hours. I launched my cookie mix. It's been two years in the making and I sold out in 12 hours, which was amazing. Wow. And now I have to deal with like Excel spreadsheets and packing boxes and all the things that are not as exciting as launching the product and watching the orders roll in. Um, so I am in that kind of mode and so I'm very grateful to have an opportunity to put my feet up for a second and have a nice conversation and stop thinking about uh Australia Post labels and all of those <laughs> really boring <laughs> and for everybody out there I just have to say that Naomi's lactation cookies are like my favorite whenever I've picked them up for my mummies I'll always scoff at half of them in the car and they really so delicious the chocolate chips in there without being too sugary and like a lot of cookies they can be really sort of yeasty and boring as well yours are just like the perfect balance sorry you're gonna have more orders no no that means a lot because I I really put so much into the cookies and I'm a real food I'm not a food snob in like a fine dining sense but I really care about the ingredients like I will only use this very particular 70% dark chocolate organic Peruvian chocolate chip 
because that is my favorite one and I will not compromise. So it means a lot when people notice that. So thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. You're welcome. Well, what um, can we tell people about you? Let's maybe tell us who's in your family and where you live and your business, what you do and how you got there. Yeah, sure. Um, So I have two little kids. I have a five-year-old who's starting school next year, which is crazy, and a 15-month-old. And we just moved out of Sydney a few months ago down the coast near Wollongong um, for a bit of a sea change. And yeah, that's a whole other thing. Are you loving it? Yeah, we are. We are. It feels like it's been a long time coming and then it all happened very quickly. Um, We moved down three days before lockdown, which was strange timing, but we've really found that we've at least um, kind of got got our house the way that we wanted to, which is really important to me I'm such a homebody um yeah but we love it it's so great so yeah we're living here now and I'm just sort of coming back into um my postpartum doula role after some time off with my after the birth of my son and I am uh, looking after people in their home again so that kind of looks like me coming over for a few hours once a week bringing postpartum specific food um, massaging people sending them off for a rest putting them in a bath looking after the baby folding laundry whatever they need to do to get the rest that they need uh, which sometimes is having a big download and a big cry and you know all of that stuff so um, I'm really I did some sort of virtual work during um, COVID but I'm really excited to head back into people's houses and do that kind of one-on-one in-person work again and I have a podcast and which is called Tales from the Fourth Trimester which you've been on uh, where I talk to women about their postpartum experiences as well as experts for their wisdom and I what else do I do I also write I'm a my background is um, in journalism. I still do a bit of that. I just have a million different things going on, which sometimes feels a bit insane, but um, here we are. (laughs) Perfect. And I mean, and you came to this postpartum doula work, how many years ago? And like, Uh, well, I mean, really my daughter's five and it was during my postpartum with her that I got the absolute shock of my life and realized how we are just not talking about postpartum enough and we're not preparing people enough for postpartum. And it was a few months down the line with her when I started reading um, the first 40 days cookbook that I realized how our culture is really letting families down. And we are, we are the only culture really who's doing this. There are so many other cultures around the world who know how to look after women and birthing people and families after they've had a baby and we've lost our way overall. I mean, that's obviously a big generalization. Um, But yeah, I, that opened my eyes and it took me a couple of years of training and, um, you know, learning and getting all the logistical stuff up and running um, before I actually left my kind of journalism job. Um, But yeah, now I've been doing, I've been doing this work since, the end of 2018 amazing and you love it I love it it's it's I feel like it's so purposeful and 
I feel like I don't, I mean, I don't mean this to sound arrogant, but it helps people. And I really just want to be doing something that helps people. And it brings together all the things that I personally love, which is food, community, um, babies. Like I, I love this stuff. Like this stuff lights me up. I want to, and I love getting into the nitty gritty shit with people. You know, I love talking about the deep stuff. And I just feel like in postpartum, you are so stripped back and raw and everything is brought up. And and I don't even just mean that first six weeks, but I mean in like the first couple of years after you have a baby. Um, And I just, I just love witnessing people um, transform and being there for them and with them. It just, it's very meaningful work. I love it. Yeah, I get that. I, I really resonate with just I'm doing something that's really helps. And yeah. I also like you really love being and holding space and assisting through transformation. And I think, you know, the transformation begins with that calling to conceive or the conception, you know, the dissolution of who we were starts you know, and then there's a massive shedding during birth for a lot of us. And obviously everyone does it in their own way. It's all unique unfolding this tale. But like you said, I was just talking to a new family right now. And she's like, well, you kind of like burn up part of that maiden in the labor, but then the maiden continues to dissolve Mm. in those years postpartum. And this is, you know, matrescence. This is the growth that's continually going on. I'm still going on in, in a very different phase, you know, leaving my son in Sydney and reclaiming um, part of myself again in a new way is also part of the matrescence because forever now I'll always be in relationship to my child um, and mother is always a really strong part of my identity. So, yeah, I agree. And having someone there to like hold that space for you and have those conversations just eases so much of uh, the burden. Otherwise we're carrying these conversations and they get projected into our relationships. And what else do you see? Like when people haven't got that support, what else happens? What happens in the, we all live in a shit storm at some point, but you know, what does a really bad postpartum look like? Okay, well, why don't I tell you about my postpartum? <laughs> no, but I mean, generally um, on that, I see people feeling like there's something wrong with them and thinking that they're broken or that their baby's broken or that they should be better and that they're a crap mother, that they are doing a, you know, a terrible, why has everyone else got it together and I don't have it together? You know, I see that part of my role is to normalize the feelings that come along with a very transformative time that's both brutal and beautiful and there's a lot there's just so much going on it's a it's one of the most intense times in someone's life I think Um, but yeah I mean my postpartum talk about like a bad postpartum um, I see people I did I did all of the classic mistakes so I um, moved um, just before having a baby. People love to move, renovate, or get a puppy. 
Um, or start a business. Or yeah. start a business. Um, I moved home from America to a new area where I didn't have a GP. I didn't have a support network. I didn't know any. I mean, I wasn't far from my friends or anything, but it was just a different community. Um, I thought that I would be fine. So I didn't think that I would need a doula. Um, I didn't even really know what postpartum meant, but I thought I'd be fine with birth because I'd done the work. I am a, you know, type A, um, pride myself on like do the hard yards and you'll get results kind of thing that had always worked for me in the past, studied like the good girl that I am and thought I'd be fine. Um, didn't do any prep for postpartum, assumed that my family would be there for me in the way that I needed, assumed that friends would be there in the way that I needed, didn't have any other kind of mothers around me um, and had a traumatic intervention heavy induced birth with my daughter where I felt coerced and bullied and um, came out of that with, um, you know, some actual, you know, episiotomy stitches and feeling physically pretty crappy, but mentally just going, what the hell was that? What went on? So dealing with the kind of shock and trauma of that, as well as with a newborn who, um, you know, she was a pretty unsettled newborn who would spend her evenings, you know, classic kind of evenings crying. I didn't know what was going on. Why couldn't I just put her down in her bassinet and why wouldn't she sleep? And why did she only want to sleep on me? And God, she only just fed an hour ago. What is there something wrong with my milk? And my mum saying weird stuff to me about, oh, just breastfeed 10 minutes and 10 minutes and she'll be fine and put her down and leave her for four hours. You know, like just terrible advice, no emotional support in the way that I needed it. Um, Just, just all the things now that I go, I was not, I was just not aware and I was not properly set up and I ended up having postnatal anxiety um, which, you know, of course I did because it was just a very You're doubting yourself all the time as well, right? Yeah. And you were completely. induced. And I think I, I just want to flag that for when syntocinin is utilized as an induction, there's a 32 to 36% increase in postnatal anxiety and depression as well. Yes. It's very important that which, women know that. I did not know. And I knew, I knew that I did not want to be induced. I knew that. But what I didn't know was when the obstetrician who I'd only met once before pulled out the your baby could be a, could be stillborn that I needed to arm myself with some evidence which I later found out the risk factor was something like 0.03 percent or something ridiculous um but yeah so I think that that postpartum I never want to know anyone who's gone through that again. Um, And I think that informs a lot of my work is just making sure that people don't go through what I went through and what I've heard so many stories about. I hear so many stories about women who were, you know, handing out hot lunches to the people who came to visit them and, you know, who had were given shocking advice that ended their breastfeeding journey earlier than they wanted it to. Honestly, I just hear so many horrific stories. Um, And I also hear about the more insidious stuff, which is this bounce back culture, which we have where we're all about quick, get back to normal life as quickly as possible. And that's a, that's a kind of badge of honor 
um, you know, stay, get back into your genes, get your sleep back, get your baby into a routine, get back to coffee shops, get back to the gym. And it's like, whoa, 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 let's just have a little minute <laughs> honoring yeah. what we have gone through. Yeah. So, yeah. That's right. Culture's shouting at women to bounce back has been telling us, you know, that we love women who choose to be mothers, but they're not sacred and they're not honourable and they're not worthy of like any pay or any kind of validity. You know, it's just that thing that you do um, as, you know, a provider. And we know through COVID, like how much more work mothers are doing and we also know the very heartbreaking fact that the most common cause of death for a newborn mum is suicide yes and that just yeah gives me goosebumps all over to think about the isolation and the lack of support and the lack of education um, that we have in our culture so I think you know what you're doing what I'm doing what this conversation hopefully is doing is spreading more awareness. And one thing that really came to mind, and I think it's really helpful to hear about like when things look bad, what it looks like, it it can just show you, you know, how you could go if you don't prepare. But one of the things I was thinking of is like education is a really important thing for the, the pregnant woman to start to realize how she might like to do things. And then the doula, just to be really clear for people, is not someone coming in and telling you how to breastfeed. It's not someone telling you how to look after your house or, you know, telling you you need to sleep now. They're facilitating your wisdom and your intuition and your way of parenting and feeding what you want. And I think that's a really important thing that we're building up. We're allowing women to rise through this time and thrive. I couldn't agree more. It is not about externalizing the expertise to a doula, to an obstetrician, to a midwife, whoever, to your mum. I see the doula's role as helping you get confident and comfortable in your new role um you know the postpartum jeweler anyway um I it's not it's about asking particular questions it's about you know holding space about having those conversations but it is never ever about being like well it should be like this or it should be like that because how many shoulds do we all get all the time like I would never want to be um, adding to that, you know, it's, it's for me, I have, I work with so many, yeah. Yeah. And I work with people who do things so differently. Um, you know, people who have various different choices about various different things and that's okay. That's, that's their choice. And as long as they feel supported and comfortable in that, then that's what matters. Absolutely. So to the pregnant women out there in the ideal, like what, would you love all pregnant women and families to be doing in their pregnancy to have the best postpartum? Okay, where do I start? Um, I think listening to conversations about postpartum, educating about postpartum, normalising about postpartum so you kind of have an idea of what to expect. You can never fully prepare 100% for what's coming your way but you can have an understanding of what it's been like for other people. Um, that's where, you know, I feel like podcasts can be fantastic. 
Um, you can read, you can, there's so many books now out there um, on postpartum um, and, and really kind of get out of the mindset that, okay, I'm preparing for the birth. You're preparing for the birth and for the birth of yourself. And that doesn't necessarily happen just, you know, on the day of, of labor and delivery, like that is an ongoing process. Um, and I think getting, getting that understanding is a great place to start. Um, then I think it's about having the, um, awareness around what you need and what you need for your family, whatever that looks like. So everyone's circumstances are different and, um, you just need to have a think about what do I need that's going to make me feel comfortable and at peace. That might mean having a mobile massage person come over. It might mean having a really strong boundary with someone in your family who, you know, presses your buttons. It might be having a neighbor being able to walk your dog um, it might mean, it might look very different to, um, who, you know, your circumstance, but it's thinking about what's going to make your life easy. What's going to allow you to rest. What's going to give you six weeks of the easiest, simplest life you can imagine, That's which it. it just revolves around you resting, you learning about your baby, you feeding your baby and you healing. Yeah. which usually involves feeding yourself. So what needs to happen for that period yeah. of time to be as peaceful as possible? Yeah. Um, I do postpartum planning sessions as a standalone thing where, you know, I actually like nut that out with people, but you don't have to do that. You can just, you know, you can write lists, you can talk to your partner, you can talk to friends. But um, I'm just going to say, like, as you were sharing that, like asking someone to walk your dog, um, setting a boundary with a family member, uh, they're not freaking easy things to do when yeah. you are pumped full of oxytocin and estrogen, the two adaptability hormones, and I'm here to make peace and harmony for everybody in my family and close vicinity. Mm. And, you know, as strong, you know, career women and who've like been brought up in the patriarchy, who know how to be as yang as we hopefully do yin, or maybe we're a bit more yang, like I can set goals and achieve, 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 like make the list and I will do this. That's not an easy thing to do. And so this is coaching. Like you're really coaching yeah. people into a new set of beliefs, a new level of worthiness. And even, um, the mobile massage, like that has been so important for so many of the mums. Like, you know, you can have like the perfect birth, but then your nervous system is so sensitive with the tiniest bit of sleep deprivation that then when you close your eyes, you can't rest. And yeah. so, you know, being creatively solving those problems with a doula is so helpful because then you have to deal with like, am I worthy of spending that money and making that mm. time and mm. inconveniencing my partner to babysit, which is not babysitting. It's just being a partner, but you know, this is the way culture sees it. And I know mums that, yeah, they need a 30 minute massage down at icebergs, you know, every three days, just for a few weeks until that nervous system settles. And then yes. you know, the same you know? Yes, uh, that's, it's very true. I think, um, you know, a doula can really help. Like I, I sort of think of myself as a coach, a concierge and a cheerleader. Nice. 
So say that again, coach, concierge, concierge, cheerleader, and then a chef. And a a confidant. And a chef. A confidant. Yeah, Yeah. that's five five C's. I love that. And also, I think also doulas can help legitimise those needs. You know, when you say to a partner, I really need to book in an hour's massage, like that's it. I I know my, I'm talking about my partner. He'll be like, really? Do you really? And I'm like, I mean, now I'm like, yeah, you fucking believe I, sorry, I shouldn't say it, but. No, um, say the F word. We're doulas. (laughs) We say the F word, yeah. But, um, you know, if a doula says to a partner, and I like to do, so when I have a client and we do a prenatal like planning session, the partner's usually there. And I'm like, this is what she has told, you know, this, listen to what she's saying she needs. Are, you know, are we going to make that easy for her? You know, you and I, like we're a team, like we're going to be yeah. helping. Um, but often a doula can really just be that kind of, um, what's the word, like middleman, that's not quite the right, right word, but person who helps legitimise yeah. um, those needs. And, yes, it is really hard to ask for help. Asking for help and surrendering at the same time. It's like two sides of the yeah. same coin and it is, they're both incredibly hard to do in this culture. I still still struggle um yeah. but there are ways around that you know like I like to help people set up meal trains and often I will tell them well I'll either set it up for you or get your best friend to set it up for you that way you don't have to ask you yeah. know the 20 people on your meal train it's someone else doing the asking for yes. you and you're so right when you're when someone's in a very oxytocin heavy state, which we want to protect that oxy, oxytocin. We don't want them thinking about, oh God, now I've got to have this awkward conversation, which is partly why thinking about this stuff in pregnancy and having those conversations in pregnancy and setting those boundaries in pregnancy is so important. Sending out the email to people who might want to come and visit and say, this is how it's going to be. We're not having visitors, which I mean, not in those words, but you know, yeah. we, we've chosen not to have visitors for the, for the first two weeks. We yeah. are so excited for you to meet the baby. In the meantime, if you'd like to drop a meal over, here's the link to our meal train, you know, just having those things happen in pregnancy, dealing with the tricky stuff before postpartum, because you don't want to be having any kind of stress and negativity in your postpartum any more than, you know, it might just arise. Or in those weeks, those last weeks leading up to birth as well. Yes. Like so deal with it in so your second important. trimester is probably yes. an optimal time. Yeah. To- you want to protect that bubble and, and all of that beautiful energy that, yeah. And yeah. that brings as, you know, when people do she births and when they do the postpartum planning and they get their team into place, like you see them just drop into their bodies and land. You even see it during the she births course, like how powerful knowledge can be how an education which is simply like an education in what we know Mm. we have always had and we always need so it's just like locks in it's a remembering because we always have to remember that the majority of stresses in our lives now as mothers as partners as birthing people is really coming from the fact that we no longer live in a village. Yes. I mean, that's, that's it. That's it in a nutshell. You know, back in the day, I've read um, research that showed that back in the day when you had a baby, there'd be 17 other pairs of hands. Wow. 17, you know, aunties and grandmas and cousins, people who would, you would not be up making dinner. You would not be taking, as I saw a woman at my daughter's dance class, 
one week postpartum taking her two and a half year old to dance class I just wanted to like bundle her up yeah because you know you just would have had yeah. so much more help it just would have been the norm um you would have had probably other women breastfeeding your baby yeah. for you and with you um yeah. it, it wouldn't you, you wouldn't have had to do it alone. And I think the key thing to remember is you don't have to do it alone now. Yeah. It is harder to revillage these days, but it's not impossible. And so much of that can happen um, in pregnancy and making those connections to beautiful like education courses like SheBirth where you meet people who are at that same stage of life, who have a similar you know, value system, yeah. I just like I really wish that I'd done that first time around and I didn't I didn't have it. And I yeah. yeah. And now for a quick break. She births is where science and nature come together. As the only scientifically verified birth education course in the world, we can help you understand nature's intelligent design for birth while learning the most evidence-based birthing skills. We know that by getting to know yourself and by educating your team well now, you will be able to manage more of the challenges ahead with ease and grace. From our free pregnancy guide to our world-class birth education to our post-birth soul mama circles, you can be supported to find the mother within you. Our doula service is bespoke and provides only the best-in-class trained birth support to SheBirth's families. Over 60% of our mums choose a doula in their birthing room, and we know that they will have the best care, best pain relief, and evidence-based support for their empowerment. Go to shebirths.com forward slash doula, D-O-U-L-A, and book a free 15-minute consultation today to discuss your needs. I just very on that topic, you know, a few weeks ago I'm up here in Mullumbimby now for most of my time and come back to Sydney to teach as well as teach up here, but I went and ran, um, uh, facilitated a postpartum group at Mullumbimby Comprehensive Health Centre, a fantastic centre, um, uh, a mum runs at one of our doulas. She's pregnant with her fifth. I don't know how she does everything that she does, but I suppose by the time you're on the fifth, like the other four are looking after the fifth, <laughs> like that. She's done such a good job of raising these kids. They're all so divine. Um, and I ran, I said, well, let's start with the first topic of like this, the she birth soul mama. So well, let's talk about self-care. And what was really interesting was these women had been meeting up for weeks and yet none of them had created an initiative because they didn't yet feel comfortable to look after each other's children, even down at the beach so that they could have a swim. So, you know, that's so interesting. And that just reiterated for me how important something, the structure and the facilitation of a soul mama circle is like, unless you're all yeah. extra 30 and you're quite informed, you're not going to do that. And I was like, and that is why I will be starting the Soul Mama Circles up here, even though there's a lot of a sort of village atmosphere here, still there is not that clear structure mm. of support and giving permission mm. to care for each other in that way. The second thing that really fascinated me was um, half of the group were Asian women, uh, Filipino and Thai. 
And the topic of self-care, you know, for them was completely foreign. Um, They all had working partners. They all, everyone, of course, every woman felt incredibly guilty to ask for self-care. Time out was often the number one self-care, just to go and have a shower on your own or go to the beach or whatever it is or have 10 minutes to meditate or something like that. But because these women had not, experienced it in their culture at all because I said I bet your mum was raising you with her grandparents and aunties around they're like yeah that's right there was always like they all had about eight kids but there was always aunties and cousins and grandparents around and in a lot of like we were just talking about Hong Kong before when I lived there grandparents look after the children you know so We're pretty attached to it all being us doing it. And I think we should start to soften around that as well. Oh, 100%. I mean, the nuclear family setup is just so wrong on so many levels. Um, and I think it, it takes a bit of courage to, to see ways that it can be different and actually act to get them. Like it is scary. I just want to acknowledge and have compassion for you know, it, it just being new and different and scary to say, hey, you know, why don't we set up a WhatsApp group? And hey, would you would you mind babysitting my kid and I'll babysit your like yes. that's new and different and uncomfortable. But change is uncomfortable. That's something that I've really learned. And I think you just have to get uncomfortable. You know, I just just this week. Uh, I love to take meals to people who I know like are having a bit of a shit time or a rough week or a kid in hospital, whatever's going on, I will try and make food for them and, and take it to them. And I, someone offered to bring me some dinner this week and I had my son was in hospital last week and got the cookie launch and it's so full on. And I wanted to say, no, 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 don't worry. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. And I had to have a little intervention with myself. And be like, you need to practice what you preach and say yes, just say yes. And it was so uncomfortable, I can't even tell you, but I did it and it was lovely. And we got a beautiful curry last night dropped on our doorstep and it was amazing. And it, you know, it, it's all, it's, it's that kind of discomfort that, that shifts the needle, you know, just a little bit. And that then makes other people feel more comfortable to ask for help. So, yeah, I just... I love having these conversations and and um, seeing these little shifts happen, even in tiny, tiny ways. But that's, I love the way you explain that. It's just so perfect. The discomfort of change, shifting the needle a little bit, the power of these conversations, that shifting the needle a little bit is a friggin' big wit, big bit, you know, in our culture and in our world as mm. caring, adaptive, oxytocin, estrogen-driven mothers. Mm. You know, you're actually kind of almost going against um, the biology of mm. the experience. Um, mm. So, and that's, I don't, you know, there's nothing wrong with that potentially. It's just simply you know, what we need to do and it's part of our evolution. Mm, and I yeah. suppose that's why I love, you know, she births as well, like couples understanding, you know, partners understanding what's going on inside the woman's biology. Oh, so important. Yeah. So, so important. important. So that they can just not think of this as crazy or, 
you know, partners, it's so characterized in um, media, but so are, are mothers and it's, mm. it's not, it's not good enough. Yeah, no, it's not. Um, it's not, but I really feel like things are shifting and, you know, my yeah. dad was explaining to me that he wasn't even allowed to have any time off when my, when I was born. Now, nothing, nothing. Like I still don't think it's enough that partners only get two weeks. It's pathetic. It is. But, you know, it is shifting and partners are so, my husband, the youngest of four, born to Greek parents, his father did not change a single nappy for children, you know, and now he is like the most hands-on father in part because he really wants to be and in part because he better believe he's got to be if he wants to. (laughs) Married to you. Okay. Yeah. Totally. Um, You know, it is shifting. It's shifting. And I do have a lot of hope for um, the next generation, but yeah, there's at the same time, there's also still so much noise out there and we just got to do our little bit to change that. Totally. One other thing that was really interesting that came up in the, I also gave a talk recently at the earth to birth as a workshop about the divine feminine. And we were talking about self-care in that as well and all of that. But one of the things that came up in both the self-care and the, you know, embracing our feminine was allowing our partners to do some parenting. Oh my God. It's so easy in our culture in our own minds and we have to do a little intervention like you said or hit the pause button when you find yourself saying things like I'll do it I'll be faster I can do it quicker than Uh, you yeah I learned this the really hard way when I had like a full-on marriage crisis because I was like I didn't sign up for this I don't want to be household manager I don't want to be the one who has to do have all the mental load what is going on and I realized I was a massive part of the problem I was not letting my husband find his way. Yeah. I He would do something the way I didn't like it done. And I'd be like, oh, fine, I'll just do it. Or, yeah. you know, I would not give him the opportunity. I would not delegate. I would not trust that eventually he would get it. Um, and I think, you know, we're so used to having to fend for ourselves and having to do things for ourselves that it can be hard to, um, to let go of that. Um, of our really, you know, hard one independent, but I think we have to, because when it comes to raising kids, uh, it's bad enough if it's just a nuclear family, but if it's only one person, like I take my hat off to single parents out there because my God, I, I just don't even know how it happens. Um, but yeah, like if you've got a partner there, you've got to, you've got to utilize them. And that, that means in postpartum as well. You know, I think partners in postpartum can be a fantastic, um, gatekeeper for some of those yeah. boundaries so that you're not having those awkward conversations with your mother-in-law that's their job and it's their job to kick out a visitor who's stayed for longer than 45 minutes and it's you know it, it doesn't have to all be on you it's you're never alone but it does require some effort to or, or maybe a reframing of, yeah. of how you're doing things and, and accepting help and asking for help Oh my God, 45 minutes for a visitor postpartum would just kill me. That's like ages. I know, I know. (laughs) And then they come and they don't bring food. They don't bring food and then they leave all their dishes and all they want to do is like hold the baby and it's not appropriate. And we even like put signs on our front door saying, you know, shush baby sleeping or please don't not come back later. People still knocking. 
People still wanting to come in. They can't help themselves. I know. And, like, who doesn't love a baby? I get it. But we've (laughs) we've forgotten. We've forgotten about how we need to look after mothers after they've given birth. I mean, to have a conversation for more than five minutes when you're in that newborn mother state is too much. And, um, you know, like you said, we should not be passing babies around. That's just just not optimal. Um, and I mean, I look back to how I had people coming over first time around and I was making them cups of tea and I just cringe. I had like friends of my husband's coming around 10 days postpartum while I was trying to latch a baby and feeling awkward with, you know, these men that I barely knew, like, honestly, honestly, it's just, yeah. But second time around, don't you worry. I did things a whole lot better. Yeah. I love that. Well, why don't we talk about some of the, like the best food to eat? Like, what do you think is, because I I love your food and it's not that high end eating. It's not just pure comfort. It's medicinal kind of home style Mm. cooking. Is that how you would describe what you make? Yeah, absolutely. Like I, so on food, I think this is one thing we can control, which, you know, we can, there's a lot of things we can't control that person and we have to kind of accept that. But we can fill our freezer, we can set up a meal train, we can get our favourite recipes, we can get our pantry stocked. And I really look to how traditional cultures do postpartum food and how they use functional foods. Like that's what I love is that all the food that, um, well, most of the food that traditional cultures make for women who've just given birth is really functional. What does that Um, mean, functional food? There's a function to it. So there's a Things yeah. like, you know, giving a woman um, pate after she's given birth, you know, organ meats. Why? Why do that? Well, it's, you know, ounce rounds the most nutrient-dense food on the planet, most iron-packed food you've got. You've got all these vitamins that you need after birth. Why do why do people give them soup? Why do we give people bone broth and, 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 and soup, which has got, you know, bones being cooked in it or things like also buko or stews? glycine collagen to repair the tissues like these are they are very targeted um it's it's not something that you know scientists back in you know 1472 decided that they were because of glycine but we have this innate knowledge of that to give people wait 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 just before we keep going with the food can we just say that birth and postpartum wisdom came before there was fucking evidence base she births came before the evidence base. I just want to say that because it just riles yeah. me up. We've got to start Look, with the innate traditions and wisdom first. I love, I love um, evidence. I love things that are evidence-backed, but we also just need to remember, I think, you know, and now we have this culture of, oh, you bring some alerts on there after you've had a baby. That's actually not the best thing to feed a newborn um, mother. You know, the best things are, soupy stewy sweet fatty Uh, and I'm not talking like a donut I'm talking about like a beautiful spiced rice pudding with a dollop of ghee I'm talking you know as a a hot um, cacao drink with ashwagandha and reishi um, you know to really help regulate the nervous system I'm talking about like a beautiful chicken liver pate with um, spices and ghee like lashings and lashings of ghee like that stuff is just really 
purposeful and it's delicious. I mean, there's no point in having like food, food that's functional if it's not also delicious because yes. part of what raises our oxytocin levels is yummy food. Mm. Um, and we want to make sure that we are actually enjoying that food. Like I, I would never want to push, like if someone was like, you know what, um, I don't know, coconut beef curry is really not my bag be like that's fine like it might be the very best thing you could possibly eat right now but I am not pushing that on you if that's not what you like you know if you and I also think as much as I love food that's really optimal nutritional all that I do think there's a place for you know if you love I don't know like a mac and cheese and if that makes you feel really good because you have beautiful memories tied up in that mm. have the mac and cheese like you don't need to feel like you've got to eat perfectly after you've had a baby that that's not what it's about it's about eating food that makes you feel nourished and nurtured and comforted and so often that's food that's warm and warming you know we don't want to be eating like cold smoothies and raw salads that's not good for our digestion after we've had a baby um it's about you want food that's like a warm hug if you could yeah. just, you know, that, that basically sums it up. Um, and that will look different for everyone, but yeah, like, I mean, even things like, oh, I, I did so much stuff in my freezer. I've got a freezer tour on my Instagram if anyone wants to look, but like I did things like stuffed dates with peanut butter spiked with like dark chocolate. And I did things like, oh my God. um, yeah, I just did so much. Like I went a bit crazy. Um, I had two freezers full and I don't regret a single thing. We didn't cook the first three months after having Wow. My second child. Yeah, it was great. We lived out of the freezer and we also had a meal train for a month, which was wow. just, it was the, honestly the best thing. I highly, if, if anyone could give their future selves a postpartum gift, it would be that meal train and freezer full of food. And then, you know, keep the freezer pumping or turn yeah. it into an ice bath, like for, to use in like a few years, like chuck it Absolutely. on a side. You know, yeah, Wim, Wim Hof your way, you know, through early motherhood. Whatever. But, <laughs> but it's like, yeah, I love that idea. Three months. I reckon that's almost a record. I, I, I can't. I can't think of anyone that's ever done it that long. That's really, because think of all the hours of time. If you didn't have social media and you didn't have to cook food, oh. you probably like got five hours in the day. Right. <laughs> got for being with your child, looking and, at the boobs, yes. you know, understanding. Or having a bath, you know, doing all Falling of in love. Things. Yeah. And not, and not getting to five o'clock going, oh, my gosh, I've got a cranky baby. What's for dinner? That it was just amazing. And I mean, we didn't even do many groceries. We might pick up, you know, bread and milk and fruit sort yeah. of thing. But we even had people who were like, because they know, because I've trained all of my friends now, they'd be like, I'm just about to pop over with your meal for tonight. Can I get pick up anything from the shops for you? Totally. Do you need anything from the chemist? That's what yeah, I do with amazing. all of our friends. Yeah, as well. So important. Yeah, yeah the yeah. chemist one is a good one to put in as well, actually. That's yeah, because always the supermarket or the chemist, yeah, or pads or whatever. Absolutely, yeah. I love that. Now, should we talk about birth in our last little bits of time together? The unpacking, yeah. the debriefing birth. You did she births online for oh, your dear. second, and you made a lot of different choices for your second labor. Do yeah. you feel like you have processed your births? Um. I think it's like an onion and I'm constantly unpeeling the layers, you know. I 
I feel like I've gone through so many different stages processing the birth. I mean, I still think I'm processing my first birth. Yes, I, thank you. <laughs> this is I'm re- I, I recently just went back to um well, virtually back to do a talk to the midwives at the hospital where I birthed my daughter, which was a real like head fuck, honestly, but it was amazing um, about how they can, you know, help look after women in postpartum, that immediate postpartum and when they go home. And I still have feelings around, you know, my daughter's birth. And for my son, you know, I came out of it. I had an incredible home birth, which was um, very powerful, very intense. My midwife and doula didn't make it in time. Um, and it ended up, my mother ended up being there. And I definitely didn't want my mother in my birth space. Like that was a big thing that I worked through. In, like I'd had therapy around my first birth and I'd done um, EMDR for birth trauma. I'd you know done all of these things. And one of the big things was no energy from my mother in the birth space. Wow. And then she ended up alongside my husband catching the baby like in our bathroom. So I don't know what that is. So I'm still, I'm, you know, I went through this incredible high, incredible bliss, um, beautiful postpartum. Like the postpartum was just incredibly healing. And then I had a real thing around four months postpartum where I was like, hang on. No, I'm really pissed off about how some things unfolded. And I got ragey as fuck. And I had to go back to my counsellor and talk to her about all of that stuff and, you know, what was going on. Um, and I'm now, I think I'm now at a place where I can see the bigger picture and I don't have, I don't have that sort of anger anymore. I have the, um, the acceptance that things kind of unfolded beautifully, not perfectly, but what, what, what do I need things to be perfect for? You know, this sort of pressure that I had on myself to do things right, you know, the second time. And also there's lessons in me, for me in birth. I mean, there's always lessons in birth, aren't there? Yeah. Um, But yes, this is, I'm rambling now, but this is No, no, I love what you're saying. I think it's really helpful. Uh, I mean, your mum catching a baby is like the greatest cosmic joke. I'm just going to say like we totally, I mean, what is that? What is that? Only you know, babe. Only you know. Uh, Maybe I'm still working that out. And that's cool. Like, and that's a beautiful thing. What a great thing to have a lifetime. It's like my son is now covered in tattoos. I see you've got tattoos too. And I'm like, you know, I'm bribing him all the time. (laughs) And I'm like, what does that one even mean? And he's like, I don't know. I've got the rest (laughs) of my life to work it out. (laughs) Well, I have two tattoos, um, which are both of my children so I've got one which is a pearl Margot my daughter Margot means pearl and I got a big camellia here because the camellias were out in full blossom when I was very heavily pregnant and I just would walk the streets I was I got to 42 weeks before I had my son and I would those last few weeks I was just yeah heavily pregnant and um dealing with dealing with lots of camellias my That's- AirPods are about to die. Okay, cool. I That's good. We got you. Just got a little message. What is, thank you so much for sharing all your wisdom. But Thank you for having me. Let's maybe do one final question. What would you say to the pregnant families out there and the caregivers that are listening to this podcast? Is there anything you want to say to them? 
I want to say that you are more powerful than you know. You need to just have the conversations. You, there are things that you can do to have a really beautiful postpartum. And then there's a lot of that you're just going to have to let go of. But let's focus on what you can do. And there's yeah. so much that you can do to make things easier for yourself. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you, darling. You're so, Thank you so wonderful. Much. I wish you were my postpartum doula. Actually, I could still employ you as my postpartum doula <laughs> and just like snuggle. You've got like that <laughs> maternal matriarchal energy. Like I just want to snuggle into your chest. There. <laughs> Come that, snuggle into my book. Yes, you've got the maternal archetype just oozing out of you. Um, <laughs> yeah. Thank you for everything that you do. And uh, yeah, go and pack Thank some more cookies. Thank you for everything you do. You're a huge inspiration to me. And she births made a massive world of difference for my second birth, my very healing, Thanks. powerful birth and postpartum. So I love everything that you do and put out there. Thank you, my love. Thank you. Have a beautiful <laughs> afternoon and a chilled weekend. You too. You too. Lots of love. See ya. Bye. I'm Nadine Richardson, and you've been listening to The She Births Show. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, share with a friend and leave us a review. We'd love to know what you would like to hear more of. You can find me and my team of amazing doulas and educators at shebirths.com and our awesome community on Instagram and Facebook. Within any good app store, you can download our free pregnancy guide via she births two separate words and plural as well as access our range of online courses remember when it comes to having a better birth an easier transition into parenthood your education is your empowerment don't forget to check out the catalog of previous podcasts and thank you for tuning in today i hope you enjoyed the show